I don't know about you, but as I get older, I worry about tendon injuries, problems perhaps like an Achilles or other issues every time I go out and exercise because I see a number of friends, but they don't stretch properly. Those things happen, and I know we as physicians deal with the weekend warriors and others who have problems all the time. Today we're going to talk about this and other topics with Mr. Lee Buckler. He's the president and CEO of Replicell Life Sciences, and they do all sorts of interesting work. And one of the areas that they're working on right now is taking the issue of Achilles and degeneration and talking about ways to regenerate tissue. And so first of all, before we even get into that, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot for having us, Brian. I'm really excited to be with you. Let's talk about that because, I mean, I think it's exciting for any of us who deal with patients to think, wow, if you've put somebody through, whether in sports medicine or an orthopod, you've dealt with this in a patient, it is a long way back and it's grueling. And tell me about what you're doing and the science behind it. We're really excited about being part of this new wave of medicine that most people call regenerative medicine. The goal of regenerative medicine, as the name suggests, is not to treat symptoms, but it's really to use a number of different modalities, the most common of which is cells, to really try and repair and regenerate and reverse injury or conditions or disease in a way that pharmaceuticals or other biologics simply haven't been able to accomplish. We're in this area of using cells therapeutically to, as you've suggested, try and regenerate chronically degenerated tendon tissue, but also skin tissue. And the first thing we started doing and and the way we got into this business was using cells to regrow hair. So as you suggest, we're doing a, a number of different very exciting things. So when you go through the concept of what's going on here, how are you doing it? I mean, it sounds wonderful to say you're regenerating, but what's the process? We start with a tissue biopsy taken from the patient. We're the only company in the regenerative medicine space that focuses on the cells of the hair follicle. And that's because our genesis was really around researching hair loss and understanding what was happening in the hair follicle that we might be able to better understand that led to hair loss or happened in the hair follicle as a result of hair loss. And we discovered a cell population that's closely tied to the primary reason for pattern baldness in men and thinning hair in women, and that's called androgenic alopecia. So there's a cell population that gets decimated at the top of one's head when you suffer from this condition, and that disappearance of that cell population is tied directly to the loss of hair. But bald people still have hair at the back of their head. And the very simple explanation for that is this cell population at the back of the head that's responsible for the cellular interactions that grow hair is immune to that condition. It simply lacks the cell receptor for the, for the DHT hormone to attach to. But the very simple concept behind hair transplant surgery is that if you can successfully relocate a follicle from the back of one's head with the cells embedded in it that are immune to that condition and relocate that and graft it to the top of the head, even though that's the area affected by the condition, the cells embedded in that follicle will remain immune to the condition and continue to grow new hair fibers cycle after cycle, even in the affected area. And so our company was founded around the very simple concept. Could we, rather than this very messy, complicated surgical procedure of relocating thousands of follicles, could we isolate that cell population, 
manufacture a cell-based product that was then delivered back to the clinic and infused back into the scalp and repopulate the existing follicles with a cell population that's responsible for growing hair and immune to the condition. And that's what we've seen in animals. That's what we saw in our phase one study. That's what saw us get a deal with Shiseido Company, one of the largest cosmetic companies in the world, and co-developing that product in Asia. And then we've built out the product portfolio from there based on that same concept of isolating cells from patient tissues that can address local conditions where the condition is tied to a deficit of cellular function. In tendons, for instance, we see people overuse, abuse, or otherwise get chronically injured and degenerated tendon, and the tenocytes in that tissue are simply incapable of affecting the kind of repair that typically we see when you're younger. And when that happens, you're kind of out of options. There's nothing to surgically repair you. And if rest and physiotherapy fails you, you simply have to stop doing what you're doing. And what we saw in some early phase one data from clinical collaborators of ours is by an injection of fibroblasts highly expressive of the types of proteins that rebuild tissue, including type 1 collagen, we can regenerate that tendon in a very exciting way and get people doing back the things that they love doing. But you say you use the non-bulbar dermal sheath from the hair follicles. You're using them throughout the body. Now, you know, like it, it just seems like strange that you can put it like, is it like a stem cell effect? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, the, that's, a, that's a very common question and one that I love to answer. So the hair follicle is actually one of the smallest, what we call mini organs of the body in the sense that it's a, it's a very contained unit. In fact, it goes into a resting phase, grows through a growth phase, goes through about four different phases through the regular hair cycle. And there's a number of different cell populations in that follicular unit. Some of those cells, their job is very much focused on growing hair fiber. Others cells, their job is to grow and maintain the tissue of the hair follicle. And that tissue is not dissimilar from the connective tissue that forms the extracellular matrix under your skin and keeps your skin looking healthy and robust and uh, wrinkle-free, and also the tissue of your tendon. So for instance, 80 to 90% of the dry weight of your tendons, be they in your ankle, your knee, your elbow, your shoulder, etc., is comprised of long linear strands of type 1 collagen. And it just so happens that fibroblasts in your body, wherever you find them, are the cells that are responsible for maintaining that kind of tissue by expressing proteins. One of the most important of those proteins is type 1 collagen. And it turns out that the fibroblasts embedded in the hair follicle tissue that we use as our starting material is the most expressive fibroblast cell population of type 1 collagen of any of the fibroblasts in your body. And so when we started to understand that and understand and develop some intellectual property around how to isolate those, manufacture those, characterize those cells, we joined forces with a clinical team in the UK that had just published some really nice results showing people with chronically injured tendon of the ankle, the knee, the, and the inner elbow, the lateral epicondylitis, they were refractory to standard of care and showing really nice statistically significant restoration of function elimination of pain, and most telling, an ultrasound that showed a tendon which was highly disaggregated and had lots of black holes in it to six months after the injection of these cells, a very nicely well-organized, well-striated picture 
of type 1 collagen strands, layer after layer, which is indicative of a well-functioning, pain-free, and strong tendon. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and I'm speaking with Lee Buckler, President and CEO of Replicel Life Sciences. And if you think using hair follicles for tendons is interesting and somewhat bizarre, you can also use it to maybe make your skin look a little younger and a little uh, more elastic, I guess. Yeah, so we've been at this for a while, Brian, with a publicly traded company based in Vancouver, Canada, um, traded in Toronto and the U.S. exchanges. We started out life understanding the cells of the hair follicle and, and understanding how to regenerate hair growth from those suffering from pattern baldness. But then we discovered this other cell population in the tissue starting material, the tissue that we take, a single stitch biopsy taken from the back of the patient's head, which is a fibroblast cell population. And these cells, their job is to maintain tissue throughout your body. And they do that by expressing proteins, including type 1 collagen. And when we understood that we had this cellular engine, particularly of type 1 collagen, we immediately started to identify opportunities where human conditions were related to a deficit of type 1 collagen. So tendons, as I just described, are largely comprised of these strands of type 1 collagen. The other area where type 1 collagen is important is this layer under your skin that we call the extracellular matrix under your skin, which keeps your skin plump, robust, in place, and wrinkle-free. And as one ages, the type 1 collagen in that layer starts to wane because the fibroblasts get as tired as we are. They just simply are incapable as we expose ourselves to environmental damages, smoking, sun, you know, and just age. That layer starts to thin. And as that layer thins, the skin sags and wrinkles. And right now, globally, dermatologists and aesthetic clinics are injecting about $2 billion worth of dermal fillers into this space to temporarily and rather artificially fill that space to make our faces look, largely faces, look more plump and wrinkle-free and younger. And we are just finishing up a clinical trial in Dusseldorf, Germany, where we've injected these highly type 1 collagen expressive fibroblasts into this region, studying the impact of these cells on truly regenerating this layer rather than simply artificially and temporarily filling it. And again, we've got clinical data readout on that in the next few weeks to really measure against baseline how much can we change and alter the composition and the thickness of this layer by the injection of these cells on two different methodologies, the measuring by two different methodologies, one by histopathology and the other by PCR analysis, looking at 10 different biomarkers for the upregulation or downregulation of gene markers, which are highly correlated with sun damage and aging skin in the published literature. So we're very excited to see that data in the next few weeks from the skin study as well. When we talk about physicians treating patients day to day and a lot of the changes. I mean, I've been practicing forever and we, we kind of do the things that we've always done. And there's every now and then a nice development, something different, and certainly a lot of medications over the years, but it's pretty traditional. Something like this and other new approaches, genetic therapy, those things are becoming more and more in the news, things we discuss. When do you see these things crossing into practice? 
as an industry, we're generating something over a billion dollars worth of the sale of cell-based therapeutics in regulated markets today. So this isn't science fiction. There are patients injected every hour with cell-based therapies for a variety of conditions. The first wave of these therapies was largely focused on skin repair, wound repair, bone repair, cartilage repair, those kinds of things. And there's a wave of therapeutics now being developed, cell therapies being developed for almost every imaginable indication, including some very exciting immuno-oncology data where cell-based immunotherapies are being used largely for hematopoietic cancers. These are cell therapies that are actively being in development and are expected to be the subject of, of biologic license applications and approvals even as early potentially as this year. We found in our clinical study, the principal investigators are orthopedic surgeons. They'd never injected anything like a cell therapy, but they're used to doing injections of all sorts. And they were remarkably surprised at how sort of standard it was, how easy it was to adapt to an injection of cells that was very much akin to the injection of PRP or dextrose or anything else that they had attempted to use for the encouragement of tendon repair or regeneration in the past. So there will be an increasing number of approvals and products brought to market from this year forward. I think we're going to see a number of biologic license applications approved in cancer this year. We've got a number of pivotals in a variety of other conditions um, moving forward. And pharmaceutical companies are increasingly buying into this notion of regenerative medicine and cell therapy. And in fact, we have a number of those parties uh, at the table looking at our products for the conditions we're using as well. Anything I didn't ask you, something you think that would be important we should bring up? We're really excited about the portfolio of products that we're developing. We're very excited about the three clinical readouts we've got coming up this quarter on hair, tendon, and skin regeneration. And in the near term, excited to change the way dermal injections are done with our next generation dermal injector device. And just very excited to be moving forward in this biotechnology space and working with leading clinical doctors in Europe, Canada, Asia, clinical trials in all of those continents and increasingly with the FDA and the clinical markets there and would encourage people to look at us not only as one of the future waves of medicinal products, but as an investment as well. I want to thank you very much, Lee Buckler, President and CEO of Replicel Life Sciences, for taking the time to join us on Primary Care today. It was really interesting. Brian, thanks a lot. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, you can visit reachmd.com slash primarycare today. You can download the podcast. You can learn more on the series. Thank you for listening.